Spooky South Coast. Tim Weisberg here, along with the silent assassin, Matt Costa. Science advisor, back, Matt Moniz, is back in the studio with us after hanging out at the Mass Mystery Weekend last week, and he came back just in time to infect us with whatever it is that he has. <laughs> Plague and pestilence for everyone. You were telling us that you were trying to just take care of everything all in one shot. Yeah, so I injected myself a little bit of swine flu, a little bit of bird flu, a touch of Ebola, you know. And, uh... A little bit later on, we'll uh, we'll give Moniz a heavy dose of cold medicine and see what happens. Can I drive? <laughs> Actually, you're probably immune to that stuff. You you're around it all day long. <laughs> you invented it. Yeah. Close. Well, uh, we are here to talk about the paranormal as we are each and every Saturday night. And as we said last week, what a treat it is to be here with you in the month of October. It's getting closer and closer to Halloween, and I know that everybody's getting paranormal on the brain, and uh, we'll be happy to, to help uh, satisfy that that need tonight when we talk to Dr. Rita Louise. She's the author of the new book, Dark Angels, as well as a, a few other books as well. And, and what this book is about is it's, it's about kind of the darker side of the paranormal. It's it's a great primer if you're interested in getting involved with the field or just want to know a little bit more. Uh, Dr. Louise has come up with lots of uh, examples from her work uh, to illustrate the different points uh, within within the paranormal. And it really gets interesting when she starts talking about some of these darker entities and not only about what they are and how they can affect us, but also why they might affect us and ways that you can actually uh, try to solve the problem. If you are plagued by one of these entities and you need to get rid of it, she actually has some helpful tips in the book. If you want to go to her website, it's soulhealer.com, and uh, we'll be talking about her work throughout the course of the evening. We're going to discuss you know, who she is, how she came to do what she does, and uh, we'll, we'll, because it's Halloween time and because people are opening up the newspaper and seeing, oh, spooky South Coast sounds like a, you know, a good thing to listen to at Halloween time, we're going to keep it, well, we'll start with the basics, I'll say. And uh, I know that our audience is, is comprised of a large uh, amount of paranormal investigators and people who are pretty seasoned when it comes to the paranormal, but uh, we're going to make sure that we introduce everything for the, for the first-timers, for the beginners tonight, because we want you to understand exactly what it is that we're talking about. It's old hat for the spooky crew here, but uh, we want to make sure that we educate and inform everyone tonight. And I think sometimes, you know, that's the good and the bad of what we do is we're able to speak directly to a to an audience through podcasting and live streaming that knows about the subject and wants to, you know, hear people discussing it at a at a level that they're used to. But at the same time, we're also, you know, broadcast over terrestrial radio, which not a lot of paranormal programs are, and that kind of makes it so that we have to Keep reintroducing the subject each week as we gain new listeners in that format. So it's kind of an interesting dichotomy that a lot of shows don't have, and hopefully we can straddle that line for you and uh, just let us know if we ever get too too basic and too simple for you, if we ever go over your heads. 
Because I know sometimes when Matt Moniz is talking, it goes over my head. But then I just have him explain it to me on the ride home. During the show, I act like I know exactly what he's saying so that I don't sound like I'm a doofus. I'll be like, oh, yes, yes, thermonuclear dynamics, yes. But then on the way home, I'm like, can you kind of dumb that down for me a little bit? But I do. You do, and you're always willing to explain it. I mean, that's the great thing about having you on board is, you know, if anybody was ever to call in and say, you know, Matt, I don't understand what you're talking about. Can you kind of re-explain that? You would never, you know, not take that opportunity to do so. Well, the whole point of the show is, like you said, to educate people as best you can. That's why we're here. And hopefully to entertain as well. And a little bit later on, I'm going to give you my review of the new film Paranormal Activity because I did get a chance to see it. Not, uh, let me, let me. I didn't see the version of it that's in theaters right now. I saw the original 2007 version that was uh, played in all the different film festivals and, and horror film festivals. and It's got a little bit of a different ending than the one that's out in theaters now, but we'll talk about it later on in the show, and I'll offer up my review. Just say... Yeah. <laughs> Let's just say uh, it might be overhyped a little bit, or a lot. But we'll talk about it. Matt Costa, have you had a chance to see it? Um, no, not yet. That's because you're waiting for me to give it to you. I know. I'll, I'll, I'll get it to you. I, I, swear. I don't know what that means. But... <clears throat> Legal download. <clears throat> so uh, we'll, uh, <laughs> we'll talk about the film a little bit later on as well. And, of course, we'll take your calls throughout the course of the night. 508 996 Toll free 1-877-996-1420. You can also email us spookycrew at spookysouthcoast.com. And if any time during the show you need to get those numbers or get that email address, it's all right there on spookysouthcoast.com. That's the place to go for all the information about the show as well as to download previous episodes uh, through our podcast archives. There's also uh, our live TV feed, Justin TV, uh, which we don't have going tonight because uh, we forgot to replace that cable. Again, here with the internet. But we will get it up and going uh, next week. We'll definitely have it going because we're going to have our spooky ghost stories. We're going to sit around and basically just scare the pants off you, telling you spooky ghost stories that we've saved up over the years. And uh, we'll we'll just give you something nice and chilling to listen to on Halloween night. But for tonight, if you want to go into the chat room on Justin TV, uh, the folks will be in there chatting. And I, I know that uh, we, we get some regulars in there even when there's no... You know, ugly pictures of us being broadcast over there. So we hope that uh, everybody has a good time in the chat room. And uh, we'll we'll be monitoring it. we got Matt Costa on it. So uh, if you have any questions you want to submit them that way, that's a good way to do it as well. Well, why don't we take a break and we'll get our guest, Dr. Rita Louise, on the line. And we'll be right back with more here on Spooky South Coast. your lights, lock the doors, and pull down the shades. Spooky South Coast is back. All right, welcome back to Spooky South Coast. Tim Weisberg here, along with the silent assassin, Matt Costa, science advisor, Matt Moni. Sorry about the extended wait there, but we're, we're trying to get Spooky TV going so that everybody that's uh, watching, uh, everybody that's listening on the internet can watch the uh, in-studio cam as well, but uh, I guess it's just not happening. Oh, it looks like it might be working now, so 
SpookySouthCoast.com. Roll down to the bottom of the screen. You'll see the Justin TV, Spooky South Coast TV logo. You can click there and you can watch what's going on in the studio. You can see. Wow, that's a horrible camera shot because you can see just how fat I am. We and need can, a fisheye lens. Yeah, you're going to see the back of uh, Costa for the entire night, which usually you don't even get into the shot. So uh, tonight we're going to make up for that. Moniz is here too. You just can't see him, but he's over there. All right. It, that makes for a great radio, by the way, describing what people can see on the on the in-studio cam. Let's just get right into things with our guest tonight, Dr. Rita Louise. All right. She is uh, a Ph.D. N.D. and the founder of Institute of Applied Energetics and the host of Just Energy Radio, a neuropathic physician and a 20-year veteran in the human potential field. It is her unique gift as a medical intuitive and clairvoyant that illuminates and enlivens her work. She's the author of books such as Avoiding the Cosmic uh, 2x4, The Power Within, and of course the new book Dark Angels. Uh, she's also the founder of the North End Psychic Fair, former pastor for the Church of the Divine Man, and uh, she trains students in medical intuition, intuitive counseling, and energy medicine, and runs a private practice, is in a professor of alternative health studies at Westbrook University. And uh, she's got a whole bunch of credentials to her name, so many so that we could probably fill up uh, as much time as we took on that break, Dr. Rita, describing exactly what it, <laughs> what it is that you do. What is it that I do? Sorry about the the, the wait there. Well, it's all good. I'm here now, so <laughs> we're moving forward. We're so glad to have you. And and when I first got uh, your email about the the launch of the new book, and uh, I knew right away that we wanted to have you on the show. But you're a very highly sought after speaker. It was kind of hard nailing down a date with you. Well, it's just been kind of busy, busy, busy. You know, it's that time of the year. Halloween's just uh, next week. It's our Christmas, as we, as we like That's to say. That's right. <laughs> So tell exactly, uh, tell people exactly what it is, the work that you do as an intuitive. Um, the work that I do, the primary focus of my work is helping people to identify health concerns. And so they might go to their doctor or they don't want to go to their doctor, as the case may be, and they will come to get guidance as to what's going on with them, as well as why they actually are creating the health issue in the first place. And, and do you find that you know most of the time when when people do seek out your uh, your counsel, is it because they've kind of recognized that that might be the case that it's it's something that they may be causing on their own? The majority of the time, I mean, most of the people that do come to me are, and I'll say, spiritually aware mm -hmm. and are seeking that kind of insight and guidance. Um, there is a group of people that will come to me because they're frustrated with the medical profession or they get multiple diagnoses. You know, they go to three doctors, they get three different diagnoses, and they don't know what to do, you know? So and, they come to me and get some guidance. And it's funny because uh, as, as healthcare is a very hot-button issue uh, in the nation right now, uh, the fact that you can deal with people that are actually kind of standing up and taking at least some accountability for what it is that ails them uh, instead of just running to their doctor and instead of finding out the cause saying, just give me a pill that'll take care of it. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think that, you know, it is moving in that direction where people, you have to be, you have to be proactive about your health because the doctors will just give you an antibiotic or an antidepressant and send you on your merry way. And unfortunately, uh, a lot of what ails people, uh, these days can't really be cured by something that a doctor can prescribe, uh, especially, I, I don't want to say that maybe our spirit and our, our souls are kind of taking a hit here, but 
times are tough, and when times are tough, that makes people a little bit more susceptible to maybe some breakdowns in, in their own spirituality. Very true. Very true. But when people get sick, usually there's something that has happened in their lives 10, 15, 20, 30 years prior that actually set the whole course of their disease in motion. And a lot of the times they think, well, you know, there has, life is good. You know, I don't see why I'm getting sick. And I'll go, well, you know, when you were 16, you know, what happened? And they'll go, you know, their eyes will get big, and it's like, oh, well, my parents got divorced, or, you know, there's some story. And they always know exactly what it is. So it's it, it's kind of a a very deep field to be involved with, with with this intuitive medicine because you're part part medical, part psychological. I mean, it, it takes into account a lot of different disciplines. It does, but it's exciting and fun, and it changes every day. So now, how do you go from that to the paranormal? Well, I um, first I first got involved in the paranormal. Uh, I grew up in a haunted house. Well, that's one way to get involved. Uh, that, that's one way. And then when I went away to college, I moved into a house, which I later found out had been the town's uh, funeral parlor, which was very haunted. Oh, my God. It was scary. Um, then I w- went to the Berkeley Psychic Institute and studied with them. And one of the things that I did in conjunction with that organization was part of a health healing team where a group of intuitives would go into a home and evaluate it for how the energy fell. Were there any, you know, ghosts or discordant energies or vortexes or anything going on inside the environment? Because usually the people were having some kind of a problem. And we would go in, we would do an evaluation, and then we would go and clear, heal the environment. And so I did that for quite a while. And because, I mean, we're talking years ago, ghost hunting was, there wasn't any ghost hunting, particularly. You know, I mean, I guess there was, but it was, you know, more professors and, you know, you had to have a really big case. Um, But in the last, you know, I'll say 10 years, that has changed and the whole field of ghost hunting has just really opened up. And so the work that I do do um, going into locations and assessing it on intuitive levels was just a direct and easy fit. Sure. Well, I mean, I understand where you're coming from with the the idea that it wasn't as prevalent as it is now. I mean, I think that it was. The field was there. I think it's just the general public wasn't turning to it as as a uh, as an avenue when when they underwent these things. Um, but as you said, though, now it is become more commonplace for people to involve investigative teams and groups who are looking to prove or disprove hauntings. But how much does things change? Because when we look at TV and we look at, you know, ghost hunters and ghost adventures and all these shows that are coming out now, a lot of them stay away from the psychic or the intuitive edge and they go with just the hardcore science. Um, how, how do you kind of blend your gifts and your talents in with today's paranormal climate? I personally think that groups that are of that opinion are at a severe disadvantage. I mean, my personal opinion is is that 
someone that works on intuitive levels is a tool, just like a, you know, non-contact thermal thermometer. You know, we walk around and we give our impressions. And what I have found, the methodology that I employ is with the group. I work with uh, Metroplex Paranormal Investigations. They're a Dallas-based group. Mm -hmm. And when we go to a location, basically I get an address, period. And that's it. And so I go in, I do my little thing, and then I, you know, do a briefing with the homeowner or the business owner or whatever, and I tell them, you know, this is what I noticed, this is what I noticed, it was over here, this is what I felt, this is how it feels here, and there it's usually validated by the homeowners. And so even though they might not pick up, equip, you know, measurements on the equipment, they're still getting validation that they're not nuts. Uh, well, <laughs> that's the first thing that you want to make sure that you, you find out. Have that happen, and then you can worry about proving or disproving what exactly it is. Um, but, I mean, I think it, you know, if I had gone in and had a bunch of information about the location and this is what they were noticing and, you know, there's this, they hear this walking up and down the hallway, you know, and I had that information in my head prior to going in, I could understand where it would maybe be invalidated because it wasn't coming from, I could just sit there and repeat everything that I heard because it would be common knowledge. But I know nothing, nothing going into these places. And it's always funny because when I talk to the group leader, she's like, well, you know, we have an investigation here, and she'll start to say something. It's like, (laughs) stop. Stop. Don't want to know. I'm putting my fingers in my ears. And when we get to the location, you know, the homeowner wants to talk, and I will walk out of the room, walk out of the house, put my fingers in my ears, start humming, you know, do all kinds of things, because I don't want to know. Uh, but, I mean, you don't even want a general idea of what – you don't want to be kind of prepared for what it is that you might be facing, because some of no. the stuff that we're going to be talking about during the course of our discussion tonight, I, I'd kind of want a heads up <laughs> if nope. somebody thought that might be what's there. Nope. Hmm. Nope. Well, you're very because it takes away from them getting a completely honest opinion. Okay. I mean, normally when we go out and do an investigation, and and Matt Moniz might know a little information, more information than I do. I, I always make sure to tell him it's not demonic, is it? Because if it is, I'm not sure I'm going in yet. <laughs> and <laughs> I still haven't still haven't taken that plunge yet. At least not. Knowing in advance. But see, I have never experienced something that was demonic. Now, there have been some real nasties, Mm -hmm. people, but not anything that I would consider demonic. Well, I think that it's hard to really, in my classification of it, I, I think that there's a lot of negative entities that aren't necessarily demonic in in the sense that we think of a demon as being um they could be human they could be elemental they could be whatever but some of them just seem to be of a bad disposition mm-hmm. and i'm sure you, nasty yeah i'm sure you've <laughs> encountered uh you know some living people in your intuitive work that are the same way exactly so exactly 
uh, reading through Dark Angels, and, and it's a great book, and we recommend everybody picks it up. Is, has it been officially released yet, or is it still... Uh, it, in... it was officially released on Wednesday. Oh, wow. So we're getting it right here, and, and uh, it's available through soulhealer.com? It's available through soulhealer.com, but if people go to darkangelsbook.com, that's darkangels with an S, book.com, we are offering bonus gifts for people that order the book. And so there's like 18 different free gifts that if you order the book, you can get like download some ebooks and some interviews and just a bunch of free stuff. Yeah, I saw that. I mean, lots of great packages there for people, and including if you're in the Dallas area, you can actually get an investigation done of your haunted location. That's right. So, I guess you've been to that website. Oh, I have. Uh, I've been checking <laughs> up on you. <laughs> but I, when I was reading through the book, I like the way that you ha- have approached it because, as we said here at the top of the show, you know, normally when we uh, do a program like this, and we talk about the paranormal every week, as as I'm sure that you do frequently. And when you're doing that, you tend to build your regular audience, and you don't always take a step back and kind of explain to the newcomers what the different types of ghosts and types of hauntings are. And I think that's something that we should should really get into tonight, being the season that we probably are, are having a lot of people just tuning in out of curiosity. Um, but Overall, I mean, we're we're essentially talking about, at least in your eyes, some sort of discorporal entity, something that's not in the living realm. Do you get into a lot of this metaphysical, uh, multiverse, you know, quantum physics stuff, or or do you kind of just say, uh, just something that's in the ether, so to speak? I go all over the gamut. <laughs> I mean, you know, sometimes it gets just a little bit too weird and out there for me. But uh, for the most part, I, I can stretch pretty far. So, all right. It, it's just good to, to kind of set the ground rules of where it could go <laughs> because sometimes you get into the discussion and you start saying to somebody, well, you know, if it really is a, a multidimensional thing where we're looking into a, a window into another time, another dimension, uh, you know, you never know when somebody's going to come out and say, well, you're against God for saying that. Oh, <laughs> not me. All right. <laughs> we, and we believe me, we will, we will get calls if we... Uh, if we stray too far from people's beliefs, that's what's uh, always interesting about talking about this subject. But you lay out in the book, you start right from the beginning, and you explain to people exactly what these different types of entities are, and then you provide examples from your own work uh, where you've been able to actually uh, investigate cases or cases that you might have uh, uh, learned about. What was the first case that you took on in terms of a, a paranormal one? Aside from your own experience, what was the first thing that you encountered as a, a working intuitive? See, I don't even talk about some of those because <laughs> they were so long ago. Well, actually, um, I'll share this one. I, I do, I mean, I, I do readings. You know, I do intuitive readings for people, and I used to do a lot of uh, holistic, health, psychic fairs, whatever you want to call them. Mm-hmm. And um, it's always kind of funny because, you know, when you think of ghosts, you don't think of uh, sex. And I was, doing, <laughs> I was doing a session with this man. And the entire time I talked to him, I kept seeing this woman moving around and getting in these different embraces on his body. And it was just really distracting. 
but that wasn't what our session was about, you know, and so I'm trying to ignore this luscious, vivacious brunette that was attached to him, and at the end of the session, I just had to say something, and I was like, you know, you have this woman that's, like, hanging on you, and he looked me in the face and went, I know, isn't it great? Uh, you know, I I waver on that. I'll be honest with you. You know, so at some point it it can be a little disconcerting, but it's got to have its benefits too. I mean, to I to, guess. to be wanted you know. over over uh, over uh, the great beyond. You know, they, just think they could they could attach themselves to anybody, and they chose him. So mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it's kind of uh, flattering in in some respect. But that's something too that is, I guess you could almost say. A more positive experience, at least in his case. Uh, what was the first kind of negative thing that you encountered? The first negative entity, be it, you know, the ghost of a person who just might not have been that nice, or maybe something even just a little bit darker. Um, I mean, we used to go into people's homes, and this was part of the house healing teams, and I went into this one room, and it was covered in little energetic spiders. There was a vortex that went into the wall, so I hope this doesn't get too weird for you, but there was a vortex that was right next to the head of the bed of one of the children, and the entire room was covered in these spiders, and I don't like bugs. And they were just everywhere, everywhere. Um, it was interesting because when I did that work, we didn't really find a whole lot of bad people. I mean, there might be mom or dad or grandma <laughs> hanging around, but not anybody bad. It wasn't until I started working with Metroplex that we started running into some nasties. Um, you know, so I can, I can share that story. We uh, did an investigation in this one house. And one of the tidbits that I didn't share in the book, because I just thought it would take it a little bit too over the top, we went into these people's houses, and they had, like, this huge collection of horror movies. And they had these little figurines of, like, Freddy Krueger and movie posters from, like, all these horror movies all over the house. That's how it was decorated. And I'm like, okay, that's really (laughs) creepy. Um And so we're going around the house, and there was this man there who was just nasty, 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 mean. Every time I would, like, feel into his energy, I just felt anger and rage. I felt that there was a lot of abuse around him. I felt that he was an alcoholic. And we, you know, so I'm just following this man around, and he's getting more and more angry. And the whole group is kind of following me around, following this man around, to one point where myself and two other members of the group who were kind of sensitive kind of trapped him in the bathroom. And we were all amazed at how strong his energy was. And and then the next thing we knew, he was gone. It was like, oh, he's gone. So I walk into the next room, which happened to be the master bedroom, and he was standing on the far side of the bed. And I walked around the bed and actually stood in his energy. I mean, I do that with my clients where I actually take on their emotional energy, and I actually stood where he was and allowed his emotional energy to come into me. 
And what I saw was him grabbing the neck or the, the shirt collar of a woman and punching her in the face. Wow. Literally punching her in the face. And the next thing I knew was that I was punching in the air. You know, like I was holding on to somebody's mm-hmm. neck and just pounding on her face, just reenacting the scene. That freaked me out. And when I stopped, my hands were swollen. Wow. I mean, you know how you, if you wear a ring, a lot of times it's a little loose on your finger, mm-hmm. you know, unless you're, you know, bloated or something like that. My hands were so swollen that my finger hurt where the ring was. They had swelled up that much, and they were red and hot, and I've never had that happen before or after that case. I can imagine. I mean, as much as it must be strange enough to just, you know, step into the energy of an entity, as you said, I mean, it must be even more so when it's it's something of that nature and it just imprints itself upon you. I mean, do you have to do something to yourself afterwards to kind of – remind yourself of, of who you are to kind of bring yourself, uh, uh, this might sound confusing, but to kind of bring yourself back into yourself? Yeah, I mean, I just kind of shook it off, and I went outside for a minute and just kind of recruited, you know. <laughs> Make believe I just had this giant shower and got his cooties off of me kind of thing. Because so. we all have people that we encounter in our lives that, you know, some of them are just real jerks, and we'd prefer not to have to deal with them, but we have to for whatever reason. And then when we're done dealing with them, it's always like, oh, I just had to put up with that guy. I, I need a minute to myself here to, to regroup. It must be even worse when it's somebody's energy that you're taking on more than just dealing with them face-to-face. No, because in those situations, see, this is the part that a lot of people don't understand, which I try to talk about in the book, even when it's a live person, we're taking on their energy. Mm-hmm. You know, so live, dead, it don't matter. You know, we have bodies, they don't. So, and so the, the same way that you would deal with a coworker or a friend that pissed you off or whatever, you deal with these beings, you know, the ghosts or the entities in the same way. You just shake it off. Oh, between... and, and, and then, then say, and don't follow me home. No. Between you and I, Dr. Reed, I got two of those right here in the studio with me, my two co-hosts here. (laughs) But uh, we are talking with Dr. Rita Louise. Uh, She's the author of the new book just released called Dark Angels. And you can go to darkangelsbook.com if you want to find out more. Uh, The phone numbers, if you'd like to call in and ask a question or or share an experience you might have had with one of these entities, is uh, 508-996-0500. 1-877-996-1420 for toll-free calls. You can also email us, SpookyCrew at SpookySouthCoast.com. And you, at the beginning of the book, Dr. Rita, you have a sort of a hierarchy of what the different types of entities are. And, and we've got about eight minutes here before we have to take a break for the news. But uh, let, let's just kind of go through some of these from what might be the, the top of the chain to the bottom. Okay. And so basically what we're talking – talking about. I mean, people sit there and think, well, a ghost is a ghost, but a ghost is a being without a body. It's a non-corporeal being. But, and so when you talk about these beings in a very, very generic term, it also includes things like angels and spirit guides, which 
in your listening audience, are they familiar with those terms particularly? Do you have people that come on and talk about angels and spirit guides? Oh, sure. I mean, we've we've mentioned it many times, but at least my interpretation of them are uh, angels being kind of these uh, heavenly creatures who are, are directly related to God, where spirit guides might be just uh, those who are no longer with us, but have kind of ascended to a higher consciousness and come back to help us. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. But they're still beings without bodies. Mm-hmm. But they're they're the good. You know, they're good. They're nice. They're they they've moved on to a, a higher level of consciousness. And so those are kind of the top two. Then you get into your ghost category. And so when you're talking about a ghost, it's kind of like, you know, if you have a scale where angels are all the way on the left and then a demon is all the way on the right, you know, so you have your angels, you have your spirit guides, then you have this big group of ghosts. And so there can be good ghosts that are very nice and very helpful and come around, you know, like grandma that comes around and, watches her grandchild, or I had a client who her uncle actually saved her life twice. You know, he wasn't an angel, he wasn't a spirit guide, it was her uncle. Um, You know, and that's on one end of that spectrum. And then you get on the other end of that spectrum, like the one I was talking about. He was a drunk, and he was nasty and abusive, and would come around and share that nasty and abusive energy with the people that were in the house. And actually, it turned out to be the homeowner's dad. Hmm. <laughs> what, what do yeah. you think is uh, the reason behind the the two, not the extremes, but to have that wide range? Do you think that it's a, a conscious choice that the being makes? Does it have to do with whether or not they can accept uh, where they are uh, spiritually? Or Well, but if you sit there and think about the people that are on the planet, there are very nice and kind people, you know, like a Mother Teresa, and then there's a, you know, Charles Manson or, you know, Saddam Hussein or whoever. You know what I mean? And so there is this broad spectrum in personalities. So even if we do make it to the next level and or when we do make it to the next level and we kind of get the answers we're looking for, it it's not like ever, all of a sudden everybody's going to become enlightened and start strumming harps and doing good deeds. No. <laughs> I wish it were so, but the ghost, you know, ghosts that come around, they usually reflect the personality of the person that left. Now, there might be some issues that they resolve and some steps that they they move forward in, but as people, it's like there's who we are on a soul level, on a core level that doesn't really go away. You know, unless we take steps to change it. And just because you die doesn't mean that you change it. Oh, I mean, there's some people that I I know that I would hope would have some sort of enlightenment when they pass on, but uh, <laughs> I'm sure they'll come back and haunt me and <laughs> make my life a living <laughs> hell, uh, just as they did when they were alive. But, I mean, it's it just, it, it is like you said, though. I mean, there is so many different kinds of personalities, and we've seen it ourselves getting out there in the field. We've seen the different uh personalities of the ghosts as well and I, I think in the second hour i'd like to discuss with you a little bit more uh, about some of the the types of ghosts um not only just the types of hauntings that you can have but you actually break down the different types of ghosts uh in dark angels um that might come and in, in interact with the living so we'll talk about that and i want to talk to you more too about uh 
your your process of investigating and uh, just because ourselves we're pretty strictly science based more or less but my colleague matt moniz has had 25 years experience investigating this stuff and and he's the one teaching me how to use a lot of the scientific equipment and now he's kind of going back to the grassroots of going back into those intuitive feelings so i definitely want you guys to to talk about that coming up in the second hour as well we'll also take the listeners calls 508-996-0500-1877-996-1420 and you can also email us spooky crew at SpookySouthCoast.com. But uh, in just a couple of minutes we have before the news, uh, Dr. Rita, tell us a little bit about your show that airs Fridays. Okay. Um, I have a show, Just Energy Radio. Uh, People can go check it out at www.JustEnergyRadio.com. And we cover topics on the show, anything from alternative health to UFOs. And so anything that is considered fringe is good for us. Um, (laughs) You know, some of my favorite topics to talk about personally is ancient mysteries and uh, unexplained science and quantum physics. And, um, I mean, I just love it. I mean, you just like you, you, I'm sure you love your show and love broadcasting and the guests that you get on and the information that you learn about and you get to read great books and have interesting and in-depth discussions about a lot of different things. And so, you know, my show is really about the meat. You know, if we're going to talk about quantum physics, we're going to talk about quantum physics. I might be confused, but <laughs> we're going to talk about it. Um, well, that's that's what people uh, people who are listening are, you know, they feel lucky to, to be able to have, like, our radio station be willing to air a program like this. But imagine how we feel. We're the ones that actually get to, you know, sit here and, and have these discussions with people. And we kind of turn into a little bit of a, a, a fans ourselves. Like, for example, you know, the the first time we ever had Jim Mars on, who was a, a conspiracy writer. I mean, yeah, he I've was, had Jim Mars on. And, and he was one of my favorite authors of all time. And just to say, and I was nervous talking to him. <laughs> I, was, I was like, I, I hope I can bring it because I know he can. And, uh, you know, when we had uh, – we've had our Gary Patterson, who I've listened to for years on other radio programs, talking about rock and roll legends and curses. And when I finally have the chance to speak to him on the show, it's it's just amazing. So it's one of the fringe benefits of the job, you know? Oh, I know. I mean, I had uh, Neil Donald Walsh on and Gary Zukoff. And, I mean, his people were like, well, my people will call your people and we'll get it set up. And, I, you know, and there's my little self going – I'm not worthy, I'm not worthy. But once you start talking to them, they're just they're just people too. All right, we'll be right back. We're going to take a break for the news. Right here on 1420 AM, WBSM, Fairhaven, New Bedford. Hello. Hey, man, you up? No. Wake up, I need to talk to you. I think your house is haunted. Hey, come on, it's 2.30 in the morning. I can't sleep in here, man. I'm scared. This is it, Matt. It's out. It's out in theaters. This is it. Yep. You gonna go see it? Um, probably not. I'm thinking about going. 
I'm, th I'm definitely thinking about going. Welcome back to Spooky South Coast. Tim Weisberg here, along with the silent assassin, Matt Costa, science advisor, Matt Moniz. And, of course, we were big fans here of Michael Jackson even before he passed. And uh, all these other shows that are running Michael Jackson songs, they're just jumping on our bandwagon. Uh, but uh, we realized the paranormal themes in his music long ago. It's not just Thriller. Uh, speaking of paranormal movies, just real quick, I, I teased this kind of at the beginning of the program, but I did see Paranormal Activity the other night. The 2007 uh, version that was shopped around to uh, distributors and uh, went to film festivals and horror film festivals. And this is the film that the general public saw a few years ago when they first started singing the praises of this movie. And then it kind of was changed up a little bit from what I understand for the theatrical version that's out now. They kind of just quickened the pace a little bit uh, in the first hour or so. It, it took a long time in the version I saw for them to actually get to the activity. So, and then it has a different ending as well. And I'm not going to tell you what the endings are. I'm not going to ruin the movie for anybody out there. And I recommend you definitely go see it because at the very least, it's become somewhat of a cultural phenomenon. Uh, whether or not it does turn out to be one of the scariest films of all time in your, own, in your own eyes when you go to see it, it's something that people are talking about. And if you're a fan of the genre, it's no different than how you had to see Blair Witch Project when that came out, how you had to see, you know, various other horror movies when they were released. Um, but that being said, I, I felt like there were some opportunities that they had where they could have gone in certain directions and they kind of didn't. It, it, it's like when it's starting to build up and, and the activity is starting to happen and you see what's going on and then it takes this turn and you're like, oh, yeah, I kind of knew they were going to do that. And that's what kind of let me down because for something that is such a novel approach, the idea of a low-budget horror film at a time when usually you know, the more special effects you can have, the better – Everything CGI now and everything is, uh, you know, is, I guess, Spielberged out as it can be. You know, this is a, a movie that could have easily been made by pulling strings on door handles and flipping light switches in the other room and various other things. But it doesn't take away from, from the chills at all. And I just thought that, you know, for what it was trying to do, I, I thought it was trying to do too much of what the expected Hollywood story would be, even though they were taking an unconventional approach to the filmmaking. I would have been happier if they just kind of reinvented the genre all the way around. Maybe I'm asking too much for a film that only costs $11,000 to make when you think about it. You know, one showing in one theater uh, could essentially generate enough money to make back what they spent on the film. So needless to say, it's going to inspire a whole lot of people out there to kind of take their own ghost hunting equipment that they use every day in their investigations and maybe try and make their own film. Uh, but for those who are still using it for the investigation process, well, tomorrow night was supposed to be our Q Club uh, investigation in Fall River at the Quickishan Club. And we're going to have to postpone it uh, just because of scheduling and the way that things have worked out. Uh, a lot of people, especially people who are regulars to our investigators night and people that we, you know, regularly enjoy seeing and, and working with within the field, a lot of them can't even make it. And it's just because the Halloween season is so busy and people have already kind of committed their time and their money to other events, uh, things that were kind of more established at this time of year, uh, it kind of was just too much of a, a surprise to people that we were doing this. Um, so quickly. So what we're going to do is uh, I just heard recently from Dan Silva, the owner of the Quickishan Club, we're going to put that off until November 29th. So that'll be the last Sunday in November. We'll do it from 6 p.m. to midnight. It'll have a class at the beginning for those who are new to the field and want to learn more about 
the paranormal and more about ghost hunting techniques and and things that we'll give him a 45 minute to an hour presentation and then we'll turn you loose in the club uh from seven to midnight and you'll have the chance to investigate pretty much however you see fit we'll have some help there from our friends at dartmouth anomalies research team and and uh, we'll also uh, be bringing maybe some other friends along as well matt there's a there's a rumor that i'm hearing that uh somebody might be joining us yeah um I got a call the other day and uh, was asked if we're doing anything that uh, this person be allowed to come and hang out with us and, uh, you know, investigate. And of course, she's welcome to hang out with us anytime. Right. True. You want, shall I? Sure, I'll let you. Uh, Donna LaCroix. So you know her from Ghost Hunters and and she's one of our favorite people in the field anyway. Aside from just being a great investigator, she's just a cool person to hang out with. And I'm excited because the more, at least what we had going on with Luann from Whaling City Ghosts, I think the more female investigators we can bring in there, the more of a chance we might have some of this activity actually interacting with us. I agree, since it was a male-oriented club. And since the female spirit really seemed to be reaching out. Right. Uh, if you'd like to download the evidence from the Quickishan Club investigation that we did with Dart and Whaling City Ghosts, and also Andrew Lake of Greenville Paranormal Research, as well as Mike Markowitz, our EVP specialist. You can just go to SpookySouthCoast.com, uh, find the show uh, on the show archives, and is that where it's linked up, Matt? Is that where you can find all the evidence? Yeah, it's, um, it's right up there, I think. Okay, so in, if, if anybody wants to download it and give it a listen and tell us what you think you're hearing and maybe mess around with it however you play with your uh, evidence audio, let us know what you find, and hopefully it'll inspire you to come and join us on the 29th of November. Tickets are $50, uh, and we're going to try to limit it to 50 people because we want to make sure that, you know, it's a small enough group. It's a big place. So, I mean, I wouldn't worry about 50 people being there investigating at the same time. It is a big place. So um, it, it should be a great night, November 29th, 6 to midnight, the Quickishan Club in Fall River. And we'll have all the sign-up information on SpookySouthCoast.com in the coming days. All right, well, we're actually going to skip the week in weird tonight because I want to really get into this topic some more with Dr. Rita Louise. Uh, you can visit her website, soulhealer.com, and also the website for the new book is darkangelsbook.com where you can find out more about the book and order it as well. And I, I don't know if you heard us talking uh, during during the little promo segment there, Dr. Rita, but we are fortunate enough here to – be in New England and be where some of the oldest properties and oldest ghosts in America are. And we think we have a pretty haunted area. But I know, at least in the book, you mentioned that there's a, a spot in Texas that's pretty haunted as well. That would be Jefferson, Texas, the most haunted city in the state. What are some of the uh, phenomena that they have going on there? See, I always hate spilling the beans. So <laughs> they're... Um, there's the Jefferson Hotel, where um, in one room, actually, when I went into the room, you know, because my group is always so funny. It's like, are you getting anything? Are you getting anything? Um, you know, I went into this one room, and there was this businessman, because remember, I don't know anything, who was standing. There was, I saw the image of these two chairs at the far side of the room, like as if there weren't beds, because it's a hotel now. But they were on the far side of the room, and this man was standing next to these chairs. But he looked like a businessman from the, you know, turn of the century, maybe the early 20s kind of period of time. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm like, yeah, there was this guy, you know, wasn't good, wasn't bad. It was just, you know, kind of talked about him. 
Well, apparently this man has been seen and he will stroke women's hair in the middle of the night. Hmm. And actually, we were filmed... Um, we were, during that investigation, they had a news crew come out, and so they were <laughs> they were like, well, do you want to be on the news? It's like, sure, why not? They go, well, you can stay in the hotel overnight, and they let us stay in that room because, of course, it's the spookiest room <laughs> in the place. And I'm like, I'm not staying there by myself. And so one of the other investigators stayed, and <clears throat> I had been sleeping, because we did this long investigation there, in the haunted bed somewhere else. <laughs> And I was glad to get out of the haunted bed because I wasn't sleeping at all. And um, slept really good. But at night, it was like I just kept feeling like there was something like my, you know how, well, I don't know if you have long hair, but, you know, I have fairly <laughs> long hair. And I felt like I was kind of like laying on my own hair because it kept feeling like it was being tugged a little. Not tugged, but, you know, was it? sticking to the sheet or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so I told my friend Terry, who was in the room with me the next morning, and she goes, well, that's the guy. That's what he does. Because I didn't know that that was what he did. And so apparently he was stroking my hair. Again, see, that's one of those things I'd want to hear about ahead of time. If somebody's going to be stroking me in my sleep, I want to be aware of it. (laughs) No, because I would just stay up all night, probably, and not sleep. Um so there's that. Um, one of the things that I found very interesting is when you walk around on the first floor of that hotel, I mean, there was that guy, there was a cowboy with a little girl that was in a different room who apparently has been seen. And then you walk up the stairs to the second floor. I call him Bruno. There's this man who stands, I don't know, about five or six stairs, steps down from the top, and he's this big burly guy, and he just stands there with his arms crossed. And um, so I'm like, hey, hi, you know, checked him out a little bit, went past him. And the next thing that I realized was that the hotel had been a brothel, or at least that second floor was. It was a three-floor, I think it's three floors. Yeah, a three-floor hotel. And I walked up onto the second-floor platform, and I was like, holy crap, this is a brothel. (laughs) I didn't know that either. And so that was kind of cool. And so um, not that I detected her, but supposedly the madam of the brothel is seen in her room or in the hallways. Um, There's a mirror that's supposed to smoke up, like if you turn the shower on, and it'll it'll write out things like, help me. Um, We tried to get it to do that. It didn't do that while we were there. I didn't really detect anything around that. But, you know, ghosts come and go. And so if they're not there, they're not there for you to pick up. Sure. We're actually, uh, when I was talking about the Quickishan Club, we're actually under the impression that maybe they had used the the third floor of that club as a brothel because it just seems to have the, the kind of setup for it. And I, I don't know if your group ever uses a... A device known as a Frank's box or, you know, one of the uh, mini box, these different ITC devices that use uh, radio waves, radio sweeps for the ghost to try to speak through. Um, but we were using one of those devices and uh, we, we kept getting over and over again. It kept saying whore, whore and Marie and, and telling us basically the story of this whore named Marie that had been in the building. And it, it's definitely I can see a brothel being a place where there'd be a lot of energy imprinted. Well, but the part that's interesting is it 
and how I figured out it was a brothel was that it was sexual energy that was imprinted because bad energy gets imprinted, but fun energy gets imprinted too. And when you detected that energy, uh, did they charge you fifty dollars? <laughs> No, I was not partaking of the service. I was just uh, walking through it. Um, <laughs> that's, what I te- that's what I told my wife, actually. I was just walking through. Um, we went, uh, one of the other places there, which is the, the business isn't there anymore. I mean, obviously, the building is still there, um, was a bookstore beauty salon combination. And I can say this on air. I could not say this in the book, but the owners were weirder than building. With that <laughs> said, I was like, I got to get out of here. There ain't much going on here. I got to go. Um, but at one point in time, somebody called me over to the front of the building. Um, I mean, because I was unimpressed and I the, the people were just weird and I just really had to go. <laughs> and they go, well, what are you getting over there? And they're like pointing to this corner of the room. And so I went and there was a presence there and I kind of stood. See, I like standing in their energy. And I'm like, okay, well, it's this lady. Uh, she's old. She kind of is like a cat lady, you know, recluse that has like 500 cats running around. Mm-hmm. And she would sit in the window in a rocking chair and just, she was right off the main street. And so she would just watch the world go by and then something would happen on the street and she would get really mad. And then I looked at the owner and I said, she's a thrower. And they were like, what? I said, she throws things. Has, you know, have you noticed things like flying around here? And she, she was like, yeah. Um, but that's what she would do. She was a little, Hmm. you know, had some, uh, mental issues and so when she would get mad she would pick stuff up and throw it well i mean these, that was kind of cool but these sound like um you know I, I guess even if somebody's rubbing your hair while you're sleeping and and, and even people that are uh, spirits that are throwing things i mean they just sound like they're um not necessarily negative but just kind of you know wanting for attention mm-hmm. and well, they're people but that's i'm sure there's a good amount of activity that we encounter when we encounter intelligent haunts i'm sure a lot of the times it is just a spirit that's looking for attention trying to get the the word out there and, and trying to uh just say hey you know look at me pay attention to me but you talk about in the book though that there are uh some spirits uh that do take a little bit more of an active role in interacting with us kind of these helper ghosts or, the, uh, or messenger ghosts that you mentioned in the book mm-hmm um well, like a helper ghost is a ghost that actually interacts. You know, it's one of the things that people need to realize is that in many instances, especially in an act of haunting, the ghost is usually associated with somebody in the house. And so, like, what the story that I was telling earlier about the very angry man that would beat his wife, he was the father of the homeowner. Mm-hmm. And so it might be grandma that is sitting in a rocking chair and just watching. Not in all cases, but a lot of cases, there is some kind of a relationship or a contract or bond between the ghost that's coming around and the people in the home. And so helper ghosts, um, you know, I had one client, and I mentioned it, her uncle saved her in a number of situations. I've, you know, seen 
grandparents watching over grandchildren. Um, you know, they're they're there to help. They're there to watch. They're there to help. You know, in the same breath, a similar type of ghost are messenger ghosts. And a lot of the times people experience a messenger ghost if the person has just passed. You know, they're coming back to say their goodbyes. They're coming back to, you know, get that closure, which would be one way. Um, but the other way is sometimes they just want to know what's going on in your life, and they'll come around when you have something exciting going on. And so one of the stories that I tell in the book is I was moving into a new house, uh, a new house that we had bought. It was myself and my ex-husband. And we were unpack. I was unpacking boxes in the kitchen. He was unpacking the truck. And I was unpacking some boxes in the kitchen. We only lived like two blocks over, like not two blocks down, but two blocks over. So it wasn't far. And so every day we would just kind of load up a bunch of boxes and take them over to the house and unpack them. And then, you know, the next day we would load up another bunch of boxes and take them. And so we had a lot of time to move these two blocks. And so by the end of the week, we were ready to take all the big furniture and the washer dryer and the refrigerator and not have our lives be really disrupted. So I'm in the kitchen unpacking dishes and, you know, they were just kind of thrown in a box. We were going two streets, so I didn't need to, like, really wrap them particularly. And I noticed that there was a presence sitting at my dining room table which was there for some reason, which I don't really remember why it was there because we hadn't moved in, but I think we had started taking, like, non-necessary furniture, like the dining room table. We never ate at it anyway. Um, and there was this man sitting there. And when I kind of felt into him, checked into him, he reminded me of my ex. I had never met his dad. His dad had died in 1982, 1983. But one of the things that I realized about him and his family is that they all kind of have the same energy. You know, they all kind of remind you of each other. Do you know what I mean when I say that? Oh, sure. And so I was like, that has got to be his dad. And so I'm yelling across the house. It's like, if your dad was sitting at the dining room table, or if he was in the house, would he be sitting at the dining room table drinking a cup of coffee? And he was like, well, you know, he worked a lot, and when he worked, he was outside. So mm, I'm like, okay, but if he was in the house, would he be sitting at the kitchen table drinking a cup of coffee? Because that was the image I got. This man sitting at the table drinking coffee, smoking a cigarette. And um, he's like, well, if he was in the house, yeah, that's what he would be doing. And I'm like, well, your dad's here. And, I, you know, my grandmother showed up. I mean, people have that experience a lot. And I think that a lot of times when people do have that experience, they, they don't necessarily think of it as necessarily a ghostly encounter or a paranormal uh, event. They just think of it as, like you said, like a loved one just coming by to pay a visit. Mm-hmm. Right, well, why don't we take but a break? But still a ghost. Sure, yeah, no, definitely. <laughs> and uh, why don't we take a quick break here? And when we come back, we've talked about some of these positive uh, entities and, and some of the maybe neutral entities that you might encounter, especially if you get into the world of investigation. But when we come back, I want to talk a little bit about some of these darker entities that are out there, some of these dark angels, as you mentioned in the book. And then later on, I want to talk about just 
how people can discover these for themselves. And we'll talk with Dr. Rita Louise about her methods and how they might work for you when we come back with more here on Spooky South Coast. Welcome back to Spooky South Coast. Tim Weisberg here, along with the silent assassin Matt Costa and science advisor Matt Moniz. We just want to make everybody aware of an event uh, coming up. This is, uh, of course, Halloween week, so there's plenty of stuff that you can get out there and check out. But our friend Linda Lynch sent this along. Uh, Collective Souls will be having a Halloween workshop on Tuesday starting at 6.30 p.m. That's located at 59 Main Street in Akushnet. Come in costume. There will be a prize for best costume. Lots of food, witches brew, and more, and learn the history of Halloween traditions. The cost is $25, and uh, Linda will be there as part of the workshop and helping to host the party, and you know her from her appearances here on the show. So check that out Tuesday, starting at 6.30 p.m. at Collective Souls, 59 Main Street in Akushnet. What a great way to just get ramped up for the holiday coming up on Saturday, which, of course, will be here Saturday night at 10 o'clock. We'll be here to share a night of spooky ghost stories with you. You know, we're just going to... We, we give you so much information, uh, at least we hope to give you so much information during the course of the year that on Halloween, we're just going to kick back and hopefully entertain you. Uh, so just, you know, stoke up the fireplace and, you know, uh, maybe turn the outside floodlights on to prevent the kids from TP in the outside of the house and listen to Spooky South Coast because uh, we'll, we'll make sure that we keep the chills coming all night long. But uh, let's get back into our discussion with Dr. Rita Louise. Again, her website is soulhealer.com and then the website for the book is Dark Angels book.com and they're linked up right on spooky com as well and it's these dark angels dr rita that are, are what intrigue a lot of people but yet they also say boy i hope i never encounter that when i'm out investigating the paranormal and uh, okay i am like the biggest ghost chicken you have to understand <laughs> i'm uh, not ghost chicken I'm just a chicken. I don't like dark rooms, and so they laugh at me because we'll go on investigations, and it's like I won't go in there by myself, and if there's power, I turn the lights on, and I get the commentary, well, you know, can't you do it with the lights off? And it's like, no, I can do it just as well with the lights on, so let's turn the light on, then I won't be scared, and I can do my thing actually better because I'm not scared. Um but what I have found, I mean, I thought it would just really be creepy and I wouldn't be able to handle it. But what I have found is that you're just dealing in the majority of cases with either people that don't have bodies. And it's like, oh, well, you know, there's a woman over there. No big deal. I mean, it really isn't a big deal because if you just see them as people, then they're, you know, it's it's not scary you know, and then I'm sure you've experienced this where there's really not anything going on, but, you know, they might have rodents or they might have an electrical issue, you know, an EMF issue or some other thing going on where they think they have paranormal af- activity mm-hmm. and there's not. Or sometimes they just want attention. This is true, too. And then want you to stay all night and visit with them. 
<laughs> I just want someone to talk to. I don't have ghosts, but I have plenty of Sanka. So stay, please. Uh, but you refer to some of these kind of these negative things and, and different than a ghost. You, you refer to them as alien entities. And when we see that word alien, you know, we tend to think, at least on this show, about beings from another planet. Is that similar? Are you talking about the same thing? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, not only, okay, so there are ghosts, and then, like, in my category list, I talk about attached entities, which are people that don't have bodies that um, actually can influence us and influence our behavior, but that's a whole other conversation. Really interesting, though. Really interesting. Um, but when you start talking about alien entities, they have never, you know, the word I use is incarnated on this planet. And so when you look at them, they actually don't look human. You know, I've seen weasels. I've seen, you know, one of the ones I talk about, you know, I called the devil guy, uh, but he looked like the torch. Well, not as good as the torch, okay, but like the torch um, from Fantastic Four. He just was like in all flames. Um, I, you see, I mean, I had this one client who had these uh, amoeba-like things all over her body. And actually, she was a little strange, so I, <laughs> I don't know how much was her creating this or this was actual. So I, And I always will hedge toward, you know, it might be them. Um, but she, I just kept seeing around her these machines, like, picking stuff out of her body, like chunks of skin. It was really weird. But in the same breath, she had divots in her skin. You know, like, physical wow. manifestation of, you know, like, fat tissue missing. Wow. That's, uh, I mean, that's definitely when it crosses the line there, when it actually leaves physical marks. And I mean, we've seen attacks, you know, psychic attacks, and we've seen ghost attacks where they've actually have left scars and, and, uh, you know, scratch marks and everything. But that's kind of like a, you know, a one time attack. I can't imagine what it would be like to have these things on you kind of all the time doing that. And it was so far out of my sphere of knowledge that it was hard to, you know, Hard to make an opinion about. Mm -hmm. So, well, what are these? But she did. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, what do these negative beings want? What, what, what is it that they're they're trying to get from us? What, what are they here for? The alien entities. Just a anything that's there to, uh, you know, that's not just a, a a ghost of a human that's kind of just floating out there in the ether. But for what reason do these alien entities, these demons, anything that's not there for? either because they're a discorporal soul or because they're trying to send us a message, what reason do they have to hang around? Well, I mean, when you're talking about the alien entities, sometimes they're there because they want to learn something. Mm -hmm. um, you know, they're interested in what it's like being here on the planet. They, all right, I, I need to back up and talk about attached entities for a second because sure. it'll make it make more sense. When an entity attaches to us, it enters into our auric field, and our belief is, is that our negative behaviors, our obsessions, our compulsions, our thoughts, beliefs, um, are always ours. I mean, that's what we think. 
But you know how you were saying, you know, you get around people that are negative and you have to kind of clean that energy off? Mm -hmm. Well, these entities can get into our space and we make the assumption that what we're thinking is ours. Oh, well, you want to go have another drink. Oh, I suck. You know, I mean, people have these ongoing thoughts. It's like, you suck. You suck. You know, and just um, that are very self-deprecating or whatever. And their goal is to manipulate and control in order to either get you to an ex- express an emotional state that they feed off of, like fear or invalidation or uh, doubt, you know, a very strong emotional state, or they want you to be addicted to a substance, you know, a substance, a behavior. So it is not uncommon for people that are alcoholics to have an entity attached to them. I just worked with a woman whose son had an entity attached to him, and it he ended up having a computer addiction. And what the entity was doing, it would get him all riled up investigating conspiracy theory. And you know how, like, if you start digging, you get into that whole mindset and, you know, kind of a little paranoid sometimes? Oh, yeah. That entity was feeding off of that paranoia and energy. And so it, it's like he would, wouldn't sleep, he wasn't working, he was just on his computer 24-7 and becoming more and more paranoid. But isn't that kind of a slippery slope, though, to, to uh, attribute a lot of these behaviors to the entity that might attach themselves? Doesn't that kind of let the person off the hook for their own behavior? Um, it is not the case with everyone. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, and, with your intu- with your intuition, you're able to see that there is definitely something there. And, you know, my hope in bringing this topic to light is that people that do have these problems can go and seek help. You know, that is my point because they're not aware of it. And One of the stories I tell is a client, a woman who came to me who is bulimic. And when asked, you know, and I asked her what she ate, you know, for lunch, she said six Big Macs. And after I picked my jaw up off the floor, I asked her if that was with the fries and Cokes. And she said yes. Oh, and I'm wow. like, okay, so that was all day, right? And she goes, oh, no, that was lunch. And I said, and you ate breakfast and dinner? And she said, oh, yeah. And I'm like, okay, give me a hint on breakfast. Ooh, two boxes of cereal, a dozen eggs. <laughs> I mean, I was just shocked. Wow. You know, <laughs> I would, And so I was working with her, and she made a comment about being possessed that somebody had said to her, and I was like, nah, nah, nah. And then I said, well... Maybe. I don't know. And I looked, and there was an entity who was very hungry standing behind her. And we spent the rest of our session moving this entity out of her auric field, which is where they come in to, I don't want to say get control over us, but for brevity, yes, Um, moved him out, sent him into the light so he could take his next step. I got a call two weeks later that... um, her eating habits had returned to normal right after the session. Period. Uh-huh. Hopefully there wasn't too much damage done uh, in the in the time before, though, that it couldn't be reversed. And, and there, there had been. You know, she had some decaying on her teeth. You know, I mean, there, there had been. But at least it ended it. And that was my really big point of bringing it up, is that 
there are some people that have these entities attached that aren't aware of it. They think that they're psych, you know, they're schizophrenic or they're this or they're that or obsessive compulsive when it's really they have an entity attached. But the, good, know, the good news is that it, it doesn't have to stay that way, though. No, because you can get them to move on and take their next step and get them out of your auric field. I mean, because once they're out of your auric field, they can hang around. You know, they, they, they can hang around and be kind of like ghosty in your house. It's when they don't respect your boundaries, which is what makes them nastier in my book. They don't respect your boundaries, and they enter the auric field. That puts them lower on the list well, because that just... You know, they'd have no respect. At least a ghost just hangs out somewhere. You must have encountered some, though, that were a little bit hesitant to leave the uh, the free ride they were getting. Very much so. I mean, sometimes they will uh, lie. <laughs> yeah, 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 I'm going into lie. Yeah, yeah, see, watch. And, and then they come back. Um, you know, sometimes it's almost like a battle fighting with them, you know, I mean, because you can't fight, you have to deal with them with love and compassion, you know, and I sound like, rah, rah, rah. Uh, <laughs> but, but are, you know, it, it can be very challenging because you really have to bring in a certain amount of psychology to figure out what is it going to take to get this person to go. But in the same breath, I can give the person who's having the problem some tools they can use to at least keep them out of their auric field. But can can you sometimes encounter something that's just pure evil and, and there is no counterbalance uh, for it? I mean, are some things just evil by nature and therefore, you know, there's no way to have them go into a light because they're just resistant to that by nature? Well, and the place that I've experienced it, let's go back to the alien entities mm -hmm. is with the alien entities and it's not that they're evil you know and, and i'm Just, using that in a really generic kind way it's that we don't understand them and it's our concept of good and evil and and going into the light just isn't in their wheelhouse right hmm. you know or that's that's my kind of belief around it I mean, if you think about, like, the conquistadors that came to the New World and they went into Mesoamerica and they were doing human sacrifices, you know, they were appalled by that behavior. And so our judgment, you know, our view of what's moral and right and good and kind and, and, and what our judgment is of what is evil might not be the same belief structure that these entities have because they weren't they have no experience here on earth in this realm well i mean i guess i i've heard people say you know when we're talking about aliens and especially abduction phenomena where you know they they can't understand where if they're here to say study or here to learn why they have to cause pain while doing so why they have to be physically harmful to the people that they're studying and Maybe they just don't have that concept of pain that we do. They don't know what pain is, so therefore they don't realize they're inflicting it. Mm -hmm. and, and that's very much a possibility. I mean, if you sit there and think of humans as being lab animals, you know, we do the same thing to monkeys and rats all the time. Mm -hmm. uh, well, why don't we take our last break of the night, and uh, when we come back, I, I want to talk to you a little bit about 
the investigative process, and I want to get into some of the ideas of using intuition in that process, because as I said earlier, uh, our science advisor, Matt Moniz here, is uh, starting to bring that back into his work. So I, I'd like to have you guys discuss that a little bit and get each of your take on that. So we'll be right back with more with Dr. Rita Louise, and we'll take your calls, 508-996-0500, 1-877-996-1420, email spookycrew at spookysouthcoast.com. We'll be right back with more here on Spooky South Coast. Welcome back to Spooky South Coast. Tim Weisberg here, along with science advisor Matt Moniz and the silent assassin Matt Costa. And don't forget, next Saturday night we'll be here right at 10 o'clock for Spooky Ghost Stories in celebration of Halloween. And uh, we, we are talking with Dr. Rita Louise about Dark Angels, her latest work. It's uh, now available on her website, darkangelsbook.com. And uh, the phone lines have actually lit up during the commercial break, so let's go right to the phones. Good evening. You are on Spooky South Coast with Dr. Rita Louise. How are you? Oh, I'm fine. I've had a recent death, and I've been going through some diaries of this, uh, the grandparent of the parent that died, and I found some clues, and I'm not certain what they mean. Um, one is a pear tree associated with the burial site. This grandparent was also, um, I found a picture of Jennings, um, the son of Jennings, who was the lawyer and first cousin to uh, Lizzie Borden, one of three lawyers. Mm-hmm. The other term I found was a flying chariot. Um, an angel with a bell, and possibly that I may have had it sometime, some, I hope I say it correctly, charism, um, like a grace um, of possibly healing as a child or possibly babble, which may have been lost, may, maybe never had it at all, but this has been indicated. And these are the things that I have found, and I was wondering what this might mean or what um, our guest would uh, have to say about that. Uh, Dr. Rita, do you... Have any thoughts on that? Or? <laughs> I'm a little lost in the whole thing. There's a lo- yeah. lot of information. Quickly, <laughs> they were found in diaries of a, of a loved one. These these terms that they're, they're puzzling to me, especially the flying chariot. I I mean, without me going into some whole session with you, they don't mean anything to me off the top of my head. I've had relatives say that this grandparent had some sort of, I don't know what her her abilities were, but some fixed ability or beyond ability. Well, what about an angel with a bell? I mean, I, I can tell you, at least getting back to the flying chariot, and I, I can, I mean, I'm actually reading right now, I'm reading Chariot, Chariot of the Gods uh, by Eric Von Daniken. So I, a lot of the times with the flying chariots, that was indicative of, uh, visitations from angels, uh, but also it's believed that they could be visitations from uh, UFOs. That that could mm-hmm. be how you know the early people recorded UFOs. So let, let me just say, uh, 1929 was the date of this recording, and this vehicle supposedly, or whatever what? it is, transported my grandparents to Westport. You, you have email access. No, unfortunately. I, okay, well, I'm I'll tell you, I had to give it up. I'll tell you this. Why don't you just uh, write everything up that you have and just email it to us here at the station. Uh, mail it to the attention of Spooky South Coast. Uh, my name's Tim Weisberg, and uh, we'll see if we can find out a little bit more for you. All right. What about developing some of these um, charisms, these graces from God or that I've heard about that sometimes we suppress as we get older? 
Does she have any thoughts on maybe on how to develop those senses again? I mean, we all have intuitive abilities, and it's not that we necessarily turn them off. It's that we don't pay attention to them. And so what I teach people and tell people is to just start paying attention. Start paying attention to what you're thinking and what you're feeling and and so so that you can get the validation. And so one of the examples that I like to give, so actually say your first name again. Um, I didn't. I prefer not to. I have relatives who listen. <laughs> Um, okay, well, I'm just going to call you Mary. How's that? That's fine. That's wonderful. Okay, thing. Mary. Um, have you ever had a situation where you've gone into the room and felt the vibes in the room? You know, like it felt good, it felt bad, felt creepy? Once in a while. Not often. But once in a while. In the grandparents' home, definitely. I no, have. But when, when you're picking up that kind of energy, it's like you are having a psychic moment or an intuitive moment. If you are thinking about a friend and the friend calls you, you are just connecting to that person telepathically. And so things happen to us in our lives on a daily basis, and what most people don't realize is that they are having these experiences, but they just ignore them. All right. Thank you for the call. we got one more Thank we you. want to try to sneak in okay. before the news. Thanks. Thank you. Okay. Uh, good evening. You are on Spooky South Coast. How are you doing? Hey, guys, just me. Hi, we've got about four minutes. Oh, boy, you know how I talk. Four minutes is not enough. <laughs> well, do you have a question? or? Uh, no, I was just really interested in uh, the whole general subject and all, and, you know, uh, I've had a few experiences myself, mm-hmm. um, and I do like to remain open-minded. I kind of like the way that she says she doesn't feel like, you know, that there's negative entities and things like that, but I kind of tend to disagree, um, maybe just because she's never had any experience with them. Um, but what are her thoughts on someone who seems to attract both ends of the spectrum? I guess there's a question. What do you think about that, Dr. Louise? Somebody who, who attract, seems to be a magnet for both the positive and the negative ghosts. And for the people like that, it's like, you know, they tend to be sending out a signal. They tend to be a beacon. Um, I would bet that the ghosts feel like they can communicate either to them or through them and will find people like that in order to work with or work around, um, you know, because they feel like they can get their attention. All right. Well, thank you for checking in. Well, thank you, guys. Thanks uh, for having another great show. Thank you very much. Have a good night. Hope you brought your raincoat. <laughs> oh, definitely. <laughs> Bye-bye. Good night. All right, we are actually just about out of time, Dr. Rita, but we thank you for joining us. And maybe sometime when it's not such a busy season for you and, and we can set something aside because, you you know, you mentioned in the course of the show that attached entities could be a whole other conversation. I agree with you, and I'd like to have that conversation with you sometime in the future. Okay. That would be great. All right. We'll set things up because uh, it's it's one of those things that we don't really talk about so much is, is the, you know, the we don't really talk about the humanistic side to who the ghosts are and, you know, what exactly they might be all about. So uh, let's definitely plan on doing that sometime down the line. But for now, I just hope you can get through the Halloween season in one piece with uh, all the <laughs> stuff that's going on. Well, you too. All Sounds right. like you got a busy schedule as well. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Good luck with the new book. I loved it. 
Thank you. Thank you. Write me a nice review. Send it to me. I'll post it on my website with a link back to you. Will do. All right. All right. Thanks. Happy ha- All right. Happy Halloween to you. You too. Bye bye. All right. Bye. Dr. Rita Louise, the book is called Dark Angels, and it's available at darkangelsbook.com. And uh, we are done with the show for tonight, but next week we will be back. Halloween ghost stories. We're going to have all kinds of, I don't know, spooky fun. Um, you know, maybe we'll come down here in costumes, too. That would be fun, wouldn't it? Especially if I wore my costume this year, which is a sexy nurse. <laughs> so <laughs> We'll put photos up on the website. Now people are going to think I'm really going to do that. Uh, not at all. They'll have to watch spooky TV. Absolutely. I, I think you guys should go as each other. <laughs> Matt Moni, you know, who are you? I'm Matt. Who are you? I'm Matt. All right. Well, we will be back next week right here at 10 o'clock. Set your calendars. Turn the radio on. <laughs> bring the whole family around. It's, it's going to be good, wholesome entertainment on a Halloween night, and uh, hopefully it's not anything like tonight was. Hopefully it's a, a lot clearer because, you know, Matt and I are going to be outside for quite a while. Right, that does it for this week's show. SpookySouthCoast.com, that's the place to find out all the updates. And Twitter.com slash SpookySC if you want to follow us there as well. For Matt Moniz, from Matt Cost, I'm Tim Weisberg. We want you all to stay spooktacular. With local news.